it is an honor to be up here. When Pastor Jerry asked me if I would speak, I oftentimes look at him like, do you know what you're talking about? But I trust the Lord within Pastor Jerry, so I said yes. Pastor Jerry's known me pretty much my own, my whole spiritual life. He knows a lot about me. <laughs> and uh, he and Pastor Trudy have been treasures that I can't imagine my life without me personally. So to have the honor to be up here and to bring the word that God's put in my heart is without words. So let's pray and let's start this. Uh, Father, I just thank you. I am honored and I am privileged to be here, Father. And I just thank you that you lead my words. You lead this morning. You lead what you would have to come forth, Father. I submit myself to anything that you would want to say. God, give me ears and a heart to hear. Father, I thank you that every one of us in here will receive what you've intended, what you've intended for this day, for this time, for this moment. And God, I just thank you that we just are ears open and hearts to receive, Father, what you have for us. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, as I prepared for this time, um, God just started leading me. There were things that were in my heart that have been in my heart. Oftentimes when Pastor Jerry asked me or someone asked me, it's usually because something God's been birthing within me. Um, I am a student of God. I am a student of the word. I am always looking and searching and listening for new and for more and for deeper. I want to know God in a way that I've never known him every day. It is my heart desire. It is what I long for. Do I do it all perfectly? No. That's when I kind of hesitated when Pastor Jerry asked me. I said, are you sure? But um, so being a student of the word and being a student of listening to the Lord and wanting to know what his heart is, how he sees things, how he knows um how he wants to speak to me and to speak to us. That's always what I am endeavoring to hear. I'm a journaler. I have journaled for years and years and years and years. In fact, I think that I am going to have to put in my will who gets my journals when I move to heaven because there's a lot of info in there I don't want just anybody getting. <laughs> so... Uh, Journaling is something I do because I like to write down what God tells me because I can forget. Or I like to go back. In fact, this time when I was preparing, God took me back through some of my journals. In fact, this one, which is, let's see, 2015. Um, he I like to go back because I, I see where I've changed. I see where I've grown. I Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but within serving God, sometimes you feel like, Am I really going anywhere? Am I really doing something? Am I really affecting people around me? Am I an example of you, God? Am I, am I changing? Am I maturing? Because there are days I don't think I've matured. There's days that I go, maybe I'm not born again. So when I go back through these journals, oftentimes God will remind me of where I've come from and the words that he's giving me. So today what we are going to dive into is we're going to dive into what kingdom are you living in because I don't know if y'all know but there are two kingdoms on this earth 
There is a kingdom of the enemy, the world system that, as we all know, is very broken, if not illustrated all the more today. <laughs> uh, and then there's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God we're born into. The minute we receive Christ, we are born into the kingdom of God. And that is where we are residents of. Just like the praise and worship songs were perfect this morning for what I want to speak on because it talks about we're, child, we're children of God. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of the king of this kingdom of God, right? We're sons and daughters. So oftentimes when God is speaking with me, he'll, you know, God speaks all our languages, right? He is so good at showing himself to us as we can understand it. It's like, he's not going to tell me, he's not going to illustrate to me like he would illustrate to someone else. It's going to be intimate and and it's going to be designed so that I can understand him and you can understand him and that you get God, right? Because a lot of times, sometimes that's the intimidating part of knowing God is how am I going to know God? He's God. But God, he claims us as sons and daughters. We're his sons and daughters. And how many, you know, in our kids, we love, uh, you know, Rod and I have four kids between us and they are grown, but I still so enjoy fellowship with our kids. I love, like, we all got to go to the fair, which as mothers in here was like the treasure of my heart, like both of, well, two, not all of us, but two of our boys and their families. And it does my heart good to be with them and to see them grow and to see who they are and what they're becoming. And, oh, my gosh, my youngest son is a father. What in the world? And so it's like watching. That's God's heart towards us. Like, God wants to know you. God wants to be in your life. God wants to watch you grow. God wants to help you grow. God wants to lead you to the best life possible. So with that, the connection is our decision, like Rodney said, is that it's our decision, it's our choice to fully take advantage and enjoy living in the kingdom of God. We... God isn't freaked out by what the world looks like. God isn't um, saying, oh, wow, maybe you can't live quite to the level I promised you in this world. No, he's not intimidated by it. It doesn't change his word. He's not a liar. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever is in here is still applies no matter what it looks like. This is the kingdom of God. This is what it explains to us where we live. One time God illustrated that to me, and it's kind of like if you stepped into a foreign country, you'd have to learn the language, you'd have to learn the culture, you'd have to learn um, how, what are the rules of society, how, what's my expectation here rather than where I came from. So that's what we're learning in, in dwelling in the kingdom of God is that we're learning what that looks like. We're learning what that language is. We're learning how to dwell in the kingdom of God when everything around on the outside of that kingdom is crazy and is, to be honest, where we were birthed from, right? We were born out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So... We're familiar with the kingdom of darkness, whether we like it or not, right? It's like we, 
what is the battle? The battle is leaving what's behind us and moving into what we've been given through Christ. So I have to go to scripture because I could just keep on talking. So let's go. Kelly, this is like my big girl day because you have to understand. I've never really done like, here's my scriptures, put them up here thing. And so get ready. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> so Genesis 1, 26 through 28. So what God really put in my heart, right? We're going to kind of go through three, three categories, three stages. And this first one is he said, I want you to show them in my word, establish what I, when, when they are born into my kingdom, what did I ask or assign them? So all of us in Genesis, right at the beginning, Adam is created. And what does God say to him? He says, let, first they say, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So we have been made in God's image according to his likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, that's right, Rod Hershey, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, to 20. So, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so there's the building block. First assignments of God. Adam is created. The first words that he tells him is this. You're going to have dominion. I have given you this earth. I have put you in the Garden of Eden. Now you run it. You manage it. You, I, you are my representative. Now bring it and expand it and multiply it. See, the Garden of Eden wasn't meant to just stay one little size. It was meant to expand, okay? And so, little side note, in my journal, <laughs> uh, God, when I was um, at one point, this, this word is connected to a time in my life in um, 2016, where God started to show me his, his view of what this kingdom should look like. And in what, when he brought me to the definition of Eden, through some research, I found that it means pleasure, to live voluptuously, luxuriously, and to delight yourself. So in other words, God did not expect Adam to just live barely getting by, or to work and strive. And the Garden of Eden was always and is meant to be a pleasure to us. Luxurious. What do we think of luxuriously? Is that it that's that's more than just barely get by. That's as God promised above and beyond what we could ask or think. So the Garden of Eden started. Adam was to come in, have dominion and to multiply, prosper, expand the kingdom. So that's where we were born into. We have that same through Christ, right? The second Adam come, which was Jesus. He gave his life and he gave us our ticket back into the Garden of Eden. He says, 
Now you, because you know, when Adam sinned and the earth fell, Adam couldn't be in the Garden of Eden. Jesus, you know, it's like God had to take him out of it because he'd sinned. So then here we are all walking through life without the Garden of Eden. And so then Jesus, he gave his life and he gave us that ticket back in. When we're born again, we're in the Garden of Eden. That's the expectation that God puts in us. He puts in us. It's like the thing that the enemy wants to do is steal that from us. He wants to steal our expectation. He wants to steal our hope of what life could be in God. He wants to redefine it and tell us, oh, it can only go this far, or oh, that's too luxurious, or that's too voluptuous. What the heck is life voluptuous? But anyway, (laughs) that's too much, right? And that he wants to steal our expectation Because what did he do when he came in and deceived Adam and Eve in the first place? He started to question whether they could trust God or not, right? That's what he shook. He said, are you sure? And what happened? They said, oh my gosh, maybe you're right. Maybe we're not. And then they got kicked out, right? That's always the plan of the enemy for us. He is always wanting to steal our expectation and our hope in God. He can't steal our salvation, but he could steal our expectation for the kingdom of God on this earth on our behalf. He could take that from us if we let him. So that's the thing that God really put in me to challenge us all to remind ourselves of and to purpose to walk in what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like wherever we go. See, we carry this. You know, it used to be on the outside, right? And then Jesus gave his life and it came on the inside, right? So we carry the kingdom of God. We carry it wherever we go. But I believe that what happens to us if we're not careful is that we forget what it's supposed to look like. Or if we're not wholly convinced of the promises in this word are for right now, right now. Not when you get to heaven, right now. Like the promises that God gave us, he gave us the promise of prosperity. He gave us the promise he'll rebuke the devourer on our behalf. He gave us the promise of health, wholeness, healing. He gave us the promise of peace and joy. He gave us the promise. Now, in this world right now, the enemy would like to convince us that is absolutely impossible. He would like to convince us that not here, right? But that's a lie, because what is the enemy? He's a liar. He is a liar. There is never a true thing that comes out of his mouth, okay? So then I got to keep on track here so I do not get too way out there. So um, I'm going to read you something that I have the Spirit-filled Bible, And when I was looking through and studying and having God show me these things in the word, um, it says that, let's see here, let me make sure. Okay, thank you. Okay, so it talks about the uniqueness and value of man. 
Because this is what we need to get, I believe, we have to get solid in our hearts, is that as children of the king, as daughters and sons of the king, our expectation should be right there. We are daughters and sons of the king. So if we are, if we are God's children, what should be our expectation in our lives? If we truly understand and know that God is our Father, that His heart towards us is good, then the connection of this life should reflect that. Okay? So in this it says, Having been made out of the dust of the ground, a human begins as any other creature, a biological entity. The creature, cre- the creaturely existence, however, is insufficient to describe the human being, for man becomes the crowning act of creation and is distinguished as being different. God literally breathes life into man. Unlike the rest of creation, a human being has been created in a covenant relationship to God and has an exceptionally high and distinct value and destiny. Okay, a distinct destiny says exceptionally high, distinct value. So, again, the, the heart of God this morning is high, distinct value, destiny. He, he's never changed his mind what we're all called to, what he made us for. Not one thing that happens in this earth ever changes God's mind. He never changes what we're all called to, what we're gifted for, but what we carry. He never changed what he gave us and promised us. So in that value, that's what I believe is what we need to build. When we look in our lives, when we look at how we're walking through life, sometimes I don't know about you, but I can point areas in my life that do not reflect the kingdom of God. It doesn't reflect that. It doesn't reflect what he promised me, his goodness. His, and not only is it that it doesn't reflect, but then I challenge myself as to why. It's not because God's holding back. It's not because God is mad at me. It isn't because God has changed his mind or there's extenuating circumstances. Or It's always going to reflect in what I expect. What's my expectation? What am I expecting? What am I expecting for my life? What am I expecting in the, in the daily time of my day? De- what I walk through, what I face, what, what am I expecting? Sometimes because we were born out of darkness, you know, we are new creatures, right? But there is a renewing of our mind. We have to be renewed out of the darkness. Does that make sense? We have to be renewed out of that because in that that world system, you, you function by, you react. Whatever happens to you, then you figure it out, right? It's like, well, if that's, you know, you are never on the offense per se, you're on the defense. And the world system is always failing. It's never succeeding. It is always on a failing curve. And so with us as carriers of the kingdom of God, there is a resistance for the manifestation of it. Does that make sense? Is there is a resistance to it. 
you know, of course the enemy doesn't want us to, to prosper. He doesn't want us to have victory for two reasons, for ourselves and for the people around us. See, when we're, when we're rolling in the kingdom of God established everywhere we go, that gets people's attention. They want to understand why. Why is it different for you? Why is it working for you? Or why are you not in a fetal position on the ground? You know, why? You know, because life happens. It's not like we're going to have a perfect life, but we have a victorious life. It's like life still happens. There's still things, bad things happen, right? Because the enemy is always trying to steal our expectation and our hope. That if the circumstance is bad enough, maybe we'll change what we expect. If it looks dark enough, maybe you'll step back. If it looks overwhelming enough, maybe you'll reinterpret the word, right? How many of you have been around somebody who, well, God doesn't heal everybody. I would challenge that maybe they had a moment in their lives where it didn't work, right? I think all of us have those challenges in our lives, those challenges where we go, how come? But here's the adventure of God. It's okay. Just keep going, right? Just keep going. God will show you why. Quit getting hung up on those things because that's what the enemy loves us to do. Well, it didn't work, right? And so then he's hoping we'll just pause there and quit moving. That we'll pause there and let it define or redefine God to us. He's hoping we'll pause there and be affected by the circumstance. So, our expectation. Okay, I might even use another one of my verses, Kelly. Okay. So, I think what I would like to do now is I would like to go to Psalms 145, verse 11. And Kelly's going to put it up there in the Passion Translation. So again, the kingdom conditions, the expectation. God's kingdom is sure and true, and it is never changed by outside circumstances. It is never changed. God doesn't change because something looks bad on the outside. His kingdom is sure, true, and promises never change. But we got to get that solid in us. Because when you know that he never changes, then this has to change. When you know God never changes, well, then that circumstance has to change. One, or, It has to go one way or the other, right? It either has to go world way or it has to go God's way. And so our decision is, which way do I expect and do I enforce, right? Dominion, right? Dominion. So... As we see it there, it says, they will tell the world of the lavish splendor of your kingdom and preach about your limitless power. They will demonstrate for all to see your miracles of might and reveal the glorious majesty of your kingdom. You are the Lord who reigns over your never-ending kingdom through all the ages of time and eternity. You are faithful to fulfill every promise you've made. You manifest yourself as kindness in all you do. Okay, so there's just a little 
picture of God's kingdom. Lavish, splendor, limitless, eternity. Uh, so there's an expectation that we need to raise. I don't know about you, but I need to raise my expectation because the season we've been through on this earth has challenged to drop our expectation, right? Let's just get through it. If What was the big phrase? I can't wait till 2020 is over, right? Right? <laughs> I don't know if it is. No, it is. <laughs> so um, what it did was it just got, it brought us down, if we weren't careful, to survival mode, right? I'm just going to make it through this. It's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be all right. We're going to make it. We're going to do it. It'll be all right. We're going to make it. Well, it dropped our expectation. It dropped what we saw kingdom living in God. It dropped it. We, we quit challenging what was wrong, what was a violation, right? Have you ever noticed that even in the natural, a kingdom, the enemy doesn't get to come into the kingdom, right? What happens? They get fought, right? They fight them, they kill them, they whatever they do, right? Well, that's how we should be. It's like, since when do we let the enemy come into our kingdom? Like, what made us think that was a good idea? I challenge myself included is that we forgot the expectation of the kingdom of God established on our, what is, you know, in, in Matthew, it talks about the Lord's prayer. He says, pray like this, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not wait till we get to heaven. <laughs> on earth as it is in heaven. So what kind of expectation is that? That's a huge difference in maybe what we have been doing, right? And so one of the things God led me to in one of my journals is one time he talked to me about an extravagant life. He said, "It's a, I want you to live an extravagant life. And what does the world system tell you extravagant is? It's like money and crazy like gold boats and you know it's like like you know if you ever watch those lifestyles of the rich and famous guys and all that they're always trying to one-up each other like well my yacht is I don't know how many feet and then well I'm gonna have one made 10 feet longer because I want to be the guy that's got the biggest yacht and so extravagance is almost kind of crazy you're like unreasonable right like a lot of people go oh, that's so extravagant well, all of a sudden, God just started talking to me about extravagance. He said, live an extravagant life. I'm like, well, what the heck does that look like? And uh, I'm going to read you a definition that he led me to. And some of the things I thought were just um, so God and what he would want for us. It says, wandering beyond limits, one who is confined to no general rule, Exceeding due bounds, irregular, wild, not within ordinary limits of truth or probability or other usual bounds. Now, at first, that can make you sound like a rebel. <laughs> no rules, no bounds. But in the kingdom of God, God's kingdom violates all the rules of the, of the enemy in the world system, right? God's kingdom trumps everything they have. 
God's kingdom, you know, the wealthiest of the wealthiest in the world doesn't hold a candle to God's wealth in the kingdom of God, right? So what extravagant is an ex- is it's to fuel our expectation. You know, what does he promise? Above and beyond what you could ask or think. And, you know, some of us maybe don't ask or think a whole lot. <laughs> some of us may have some pretty wild expectation, but it's always above and beyond that. God is always wanting to take us to even better than that. No, even better than that. No, even better than that. It's like he's always, because what is that? Expanding the kingdom. Expanding your Garden of Eden. It's expanding it. Because as you expand it, what happens? You come in contact with the other people. You, you know, God wants us not only to experience his goodness, but to draw others to him by the goodness in our lives. You know, um, we all have a story of hardships in our lives, correct? I mean, we could all try to compare stories. Well, mine was this. Well, yours, well, mine was this one. How about that? Can you beat that? No. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's not our one. That should not be your competition to show I've had the cruddiest life, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, 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 no. But what is our kingdom characteristics is how we walk through those moments, right? You know, like a lot of you know me. And you know that we, my immediate family has, we, my father's here. We started out with five. We're down to three, dad. <laughs> and two of them moved to heaven, right? My mom moved to heaven. My baby brother moved to heaven. And people were watching how I processed that, right? You know, it's like my mom and I had a phenomenal relationship. Never fought, never nothing. No teenage daughter weirdness. No, we had, we were, many of you knew my mom. She was pretty phenomenal. It's like, she was an amazing, graceful, incredible woman. And she moved to heaven at 64 years old. And so in those moments, this is where God's kingdom comes into play in big ways. You know, I could tell you, well, we're all supposed to be rich and wealthy. Yes, God wants us to flourish. Because if we're not flourishing, those that live in the world go, well, why don't I want to live with you? Y'all barely get by, right? <laughs> so there's, there's a, there is a witness of that to people. But they also, I think more than ever, they want to see how do you thrive in fear and heartache and hardship and, and things that you couldn't change and, and things that should have been traumatic and devastating. How are you not devastated? How are you not, how come you still are in love with God, right? And so in those times, this is where the kingdom of God becomes illustrative to all those around you. People are watching you. You know, people want to see that you have something. It's like, how did I face that with my mom? How did I face that with my baby brother? He was like one of my very best friends. My husband called him my girlfriend. It was like he and I were very close. And I watched him leave this earth. That was not the will of God. That was, you know, that could have challenged kingdom dynamics for me. That could have. Now, it is not bragging on myself. The only choice I made was this. I'm going to stay in the kingdom. 
the way he planned it to be. I'm not going to let it change who God is because the enemy got in, right? I'm going to keep this really black and white, right? The enemy is the author of death. God is the author of life. Black and white. I'm not letting him steal the most precious thing in my life because life got hard. And that's where we live right now, correct? There are some hardships out there. (laughs) There are some things that would like to overwhelm us. There are voices that would like to speak louder than the kingdom of God. This is where we have to have some fight in us, okay? Okay, let me get back to scriptures. Kelly, I'm coming back. Don't you worry. (laughs) Okay, so extravagant life, the expectation. Our expectation is um, I would like to go to because of honor of my pastor, Romans 8, (laughs) verse 14. And I'm going to, this again is in the Passion Translation. It's one of my more favorite translations right now. So I read it a lot. And it says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Okay. And since we're his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures Do you think God has a few treasures? Yeah, big ones. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he has and all that he, all that he is (laughs) and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Now, that's the part we don't really like. The Ah, his sufferings. Now let's finish. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Okay, so we're heirs. We're, we inherit God. We inherit what who Christ is and what he has. So that should start to raise our expectation. Everything God is and everything he has, we are co-heirs. We inherited it because we are his children. Then let's go to, I think this is my final verse, Psalm 62, 5. Psalm 62, 5, and it says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. My expectation is from God. What do you think God's expectation on this earth is? I win. (laughs) Well, I've won. (laughs) I mean, God already defeated, you know, through Jesus, the enemy's defeated. So it isn't like there's a war between God and the devil. There is not. He is a defeated foe. All he does is, what does the word say? He he, He walks about as a roaring lion, right? So he's roaring pretty loud right now. Would you all agree? He's trying to see to look to whom he may devour, whom he may 
right? So he's looking. He's looking. He's roaring and he's looking. He like roars and then he watches how we react. And then he finds out who might be a possible victim, right? But here's the cool news. We get to say no, <laughs> right? We are children of God. We are victorious. Jesus already paid the price. He already gave us the victory. There's nothing for us to fight to win in that aspect. The only thing required of us is to decide to live in this kingdom and to demand the circumstances to line up to it. That my kingdom trumps your kingdom. <laughs> my kingdom is overwhelmingly more powerful than your kingdom. That kingdom's defeated. It doesn't get to come into my kingdom. My kingdom trumps you. My kingdom expands and moves you aside. My kingdom shows who God is. My kingdom reflects who he wants me to be. My kingdom reflects what he wants for me. So don't jack with me, devil. <laughs> it's like, don't mess with me. But that's what we got to stir inside of us. Sometimes what we do is we find out what we can um, put up with, right? Well, that's not too bad. Like, you know, it's something I have to challenge myself in my physical body. Um, for those of you who may not know, Rod and I, we are ranchers. We run cattle. We have done it for my whole married life to him, which is 28 good years. And it's a physical job. We work outside. The weather is a big deal. Why is he saying we're not going to have hot weather? Because we have to work on it. Amen, Juan? <laughs> Seth? <laughs> it's like out in that stuff is not fun when it's flaming hot. And so in, in, in the natural, there are things, you know, because I'm not 25 when I married Rod. And so the world system would like to encroach on my God kingdom in my health. Like, but what can happen to me if I'm not careful is I'll just tolerate things. Like, oh, my back kind of hurts just from, you know, a lot of work, a lot of this, and, and tolerate the pain because it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But if I look at it compared to the dynamics of the kingdom of God, is there any pain in God's kingdom? Zero. Because Jesus bore my pain. Jesus bore my pain. So I have to start catching it quicker, right? Because if we catch it quicker, we establish our kingdom bigger and broader and more of a witness to those around us. Pretty soon they're like, wow, you're still pretty healthy after working for 28 years out there, right? Or, wow, you don't seem to, or, or come out of my mouth like yesterday, because you know how you take dominion, right? We take dominion over this earth in everyday things. See, sometimes I believe what is our best school is everyday life. Not the giant traumas that we walk from here to there to there. We can all mark those moments, which are awesome, where you saw God work in a traumatic, horrific moment. But the training of establishing the kingdom of God is in everyday life. So yesterday, we have a neighbor who is very, he has done lots of good things for us, and he runs a few cattle. And he asked us, because he didn't have any help, if we would come get a bull out of his field and we're going to take him to the sale. So down the road, if you have McDonald's, it could be this bull. So 
He, so anytime in the ranch world, if you're getting rid of a bull, it's because he's big, he's older, he's done with his services, and he needs to move on. So Rod and I, we see here is everyday life. We begin to declare, because here's the dynamics of a bull that's this old, is he knows maybe I don't have to. And what are you going to do about it? I weigh 2,500 pounds. What are you going to do? Right? Like, he could decide that. <laughs> so, and we know that, and we know this guy isn't set up for a 2,500-pound bull arguing with you. Like, he could crash through fences. He could do a lot of things. So, everyday life, right? Kingdom of God in your everyday life. We're driving, and Rod and I both, and Rod started, because that's what I love about him, is he said, God, I thank you. You've gone before us. You're going to make a way for this bull to load easy. This isn't going to be an all-day event. He's not going to get on the fight. He's not, and he just started to declare, kingdom, kingdom, because that's my expectation. I have a say. I have a say in the life I walk into. I have the say. Devil, you don't have the say. I have the say. So we walk in there, and this, you know, the neighbor's an older guy that's had some health issues. So, he, you know, he's not like a spry guy. He's like, okay. And then his daughter, who I don't know, weighs 100 pounds, maybe. So she's, you know, and I'm thinking, and Rod and I. So we walk out there, and this bull gets up, and he is huge. And he gets up, and he's looking at us like, what? And I'm like, oh, son of a gun. And so, and so we just... Start praying. I start praying in the spirit. If you're not spirit-filled, you need to be spirit-filled because that's when you pray the will of God without it having to go through your brain, right? So I just start praying in the spirit. I'm like, oh, in every place because he'd stop and he'd shake his head and he'd dig in the dirt at you and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you're like out in a, you're out here. So if he comes after you, I don't know. I haven't been working out as much as I should have, Ricky, so... <laughs> Hopefully I can get out of his way, right? <laughs> I ain't no bullfighter, people. So, but we just started declaring. We just started, you know, and I could see my husband, and he's praying in the spirit. The testimony, right? Because pretty soon we get him to, Rod has great wisdom, because that's what God will give you in kingdom of God establishment. And so Rod is like, he moves these panels. These panels are nothing. There's no, they're not set to anything. So if the bull pushes, all the panels are going with him. And so he sets up a way because we are tricking him. He thinks he's getting away and he runs into this smaller pin. And you're like, so then you get in there. Well, now he's really mad. So you're going, oh, praise the Lord. But this is where the circumstances can't trump the kingdom of God. You can't say, oh, never mind and start backing up, right? <laughs> like, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, God, I know, but mm. <laughs> So we're in there, and now we're in a smaller pin with the bull, right? And I'm looking at my husband, this little girl, because her dad had gotten, <laughs> side note, ran over by this bull and hurt. <laughs> this bull. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> so she's kind of looking out for him, and he's, he's kind of staying back, because he knows he's not a bullfighter either. And so... We just start praying in the spirit again because he's arguing again. He and, and he's want, he's looking at all those panels like I'm going to shove them. And you, you just start praying in the spirit more. I'm like, nope. 
And so then we get him into an even smaller little pin. <laughs> and so now we're looking at the gooseneck that Rod has backed up there. And I just start saying out loud, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Jesus, because he's kind of like, he'd come up to it, look at it, and then he'd look at us and run at us. And I'm like, okay, he's either going to go in or we're going to have to start this all over again. And so I just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm sure because the kingdom of God is weird to the world, right? <laughs> but here's, remember it said about the sufferings of Christ? <laughs> See, these are our mild, but this is where, are you willing to look weird? Are you willing to look like I'm praying in the spirit over a bull, right? <laughs> are you willing to look, hey, thank you, Jesus, this bull loads in this gooseneck. And so, long story short, pretty soon he gets up there, and we just keep praying, and he hopped right in. Praise the Lord, right? And I said that. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I am sure they didn't say anything to me, but they know Rod and I are Christians. They know that, you know. And so I, what I, I believe is as they watch us bring the kingdom of God into everything we do, because that's your hope. That's your hope, is that it may look impossible. It may look overwhelming. It may seem hard. It may be whatever. Our, our intention is this. I believe in the power of the kingdom of God. And I, I choose to bring it everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. I have a young horse. He's three. And there was a time in there. Well, there's still every time I ride him, ask my husband. <laughs> every time, because he's kind, he's kind of full of it. And so, every time I just go, God, I believe you'll protect me. I will not get bucked off. <laughs> I will, you know, because fear, right? And that's what the enemy loves to use is fear, because fear will get us to back up, right? And so, fear is not in the kingdom of God. We've not been given a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. So part of the challenge of establishing the kingdom of God and growing it, because see what happens is it just keeps expanding. It just keeps expanding as long as we require the circumstances to change. That's all that is required of us. It's not my power. I didn't make that bull get in that goose name. I couldn't have. Even physically, I couldn't. It's not like I could go up there and carry him in there. It's not like I, I meant nothing to him, really. Like, I am nothing to that bull. <laughs> but who's in me, he can't deny. Right? Who's in me, circumstances can't win if I say no. By this. Right? See, this is our kingdom. It's kind of like, a, you know, in Psalms 103, where it says, forget not his benefits. Your wife preached that one time. Changed my life. Oh, Miss Kathy changed. It was on. Don't forget his benefits. And one of the benefits are he forgives all iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Right? He redeemed us from destruction. He crowns us. Kingdom. Crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He fills our mouth with good things. If you have any dental situations, I'd say that all the time. He fills my mouth with good things. <laughs> and he renews my youth like the eagles. 
kingdom. See, that I do want to say is this is the challenge for us. Sometimes the reason the world and, and life around us pushes in on us is because we may not know our benefits as well as we need to, right? That's all, that, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's not my power, but it's my declaration to have dominion on this earth. See, I carry the king's backing. Isn't that me? It's the king. I carry his backing. He backs up what I say if it aligns with this. Right? God backs up what I say. I don't have to back up what I say. <laughs> We'd all be in trouble. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> Especially I don't want to back up with some of the things I say. And so God backs up when I, when I am establishing my kingdom the kingdom of God, when I'm establishing it, this is what I need to know. See, some of us, you know, and myself included, is we have to purpose to find out what our kingdom looks like. Because it's, remember, a foreign, we're in a new country. So we have to constantly be taught how to live there. It's like, and so this tells me how to live there. This tells me what to expect This, this defines my expectation. This defines how extravagant I want to believe for, right? I want a brand new car. I don't want a used car that I have to pray gets to work, right? I mean, that's just, and that's, and that could be your extravagance. Everybody's extravagance looks different. Like me having a really pretty three-year-old colt is extravagant to me. <laughs> to someone else, they're like, What is extravagant about that, <laughs> right? So your extravagance is going to look different to who you are. My extravagance of a healthy body, my extra not being. So you see, there, you start to have to redefine what am I, what expectation am I putting on this world around me? Because it's trying, the darkness is trying to squeeze us out, right? But it's defeated. It has no right. And all we as the body of Christ have to do is start all of us. Can you imagine just this room starts expanding our kingdoms? Think what we could do to the darkness. Think what we could do, right? So this is the thing. I have no, that clock up there confuses me. Okay, one moment. Oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> um, so, but I am going to start wrapping it up. Oh, I felt like a real preacher when I said that. Okay, my first close. <laughs> my first close, right? <laughs> oh, Father in heaven. Okay. <laughs> is this. Okay, our expectation is in faith. And it puts pressure on the circumstances and conditions to conform to us. To our expectation. To, our, to the kingdom of God that we live in. We have authority and we have dominion. We are sons and daughters of the king. So that's where I want to challenge us all is we have to push back. We have to say, no, the kingdom of God is what will be established here. My life is going to show God's goodness, God's authority, God's power. Every time I have a victory, I'm going to give God credit for it, right? Because those are the places where then your kingdom is established to other people to see. 
Like, it doesn't have to be some earth-shaking moment. All it has to be is, the bull went in, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. And they're going to look at me like, since when does God care about my bull getting to the gooseneck? He completely cares. He completely cares. He completely cares about every detail of your life. He, he, he cares about whether you have favor at your job or not. He cares about whether you get along with your kids or not. He cares about whether you can figure out what to wear on a Sunday morning or not. I lamented over that. He cares about the dynamics of what you're declaring your kingdom will look like. And the moment you leave him out of the details, you lose. You lose out. (laughs) It's like, to me, the details of life make God personal. The fact that God was interested in us getting that bowl loaded makes God feel very close, right? It's like the fact that he wants me to succeed in training this cult I have. You know, in other people's worlds, that means nothing, and I get that. But, you know, I bought him as a yearling, and my heart, I told Rod, I said, I want to make this one from the ground up myself. Rod, has there been challenges where I've wanted to quit? Yes, yes, <laughs> where I went, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I can't do this. This is, yeah, plus he was a little full of it, so then I got a little, oh, maybe I really can't do this. And he would just, nope, he would just, <laughs> I'm like, Ron, can I just send him to a trainer? He's like, nope, nope. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, but it was like, then all of a sudden I could, I found myself talking to Jesus every time I went out to catch that colt because he's talented and he's going to be amazing. But we fool ourselves, because remember, the sufferings of Christ is this, I believe, in our world, is when we push back, the enemy doesn't just go, oh, okay. No, there's a fight, right? There's a fight. That's what we have to be willing to do, to fight for it. Don't let it intimidate you. Even if it doesn't change immediately, that doesn't mean God's not doing anything, right? That's what the enemy's hoping you'll be convinced of. Oh, apparently he doesn't, he didn't hear me. He's not doing it. It's not going to work. It's a, whatever. Is you got to have a little fight in you and say, no, I, this is the way I'm going to have it. And this is going to line up because I'm a child of the king. You have no choice. You have no choice. The only, you have to do what I say because I win. Just like Pastor Jerry says, we get to play till we win. Like, and so, but we have to be willing to play till we win. We can't quit or compromise or, well, it's not too bad. See, that's a danger because here's the thing. The enemy can get you into the, oh, that's not too bad. Then he'll just keep pushing. And then pretty soon you're like, oh, it's not, it's still not too bad. Okay. It's not too bad. And then pretty soon you're like, oh, now it's really bad. And now what am I going to do? Because now I got a real fight on my hands, right? Doesn't mean, so those are the things that today I believe God put in me to give to you and myself, because it's always ministers to me too, is that we're, we're in a time in our lives where not only do we individually need to decide the kingdom of God established on my behalf in every detail of my life, but then the church, the kingdom of God, established in every aspect of life in this nation. See, the kingdom of God, the church carries that. The church carries that. 
The church carries the kingdom of God. So the church demands it to be established. And you don't just go, because the church kind of did that. Oh, okay, I guess you can take prayer out of school. We'll just pray with our kids at home. (laughs) Bad decision, right? Well, it'll be okay. Oh, it'll be okay. And now what do we find ourselves? We're in a fight. Now we'll win because God never said, well, if you suck at it for a while, then you aren't going to get to win. No. No. I did say suck, didn't I? I'm sorry. And so it's like you keep fighting because, remember, you play till you win. You don't just play until it's too I don't think I'm going to get to win. No. You just keep going. Even if you gave ground, and we have to be honest with ourselves. Okay, I gave ground. Crud. But now I get to win, so I get to stand up and I get to fight. But we have to be willing to. We have to be willing to. We can't, we can't look at our lives and go, why, if we're not fighting? Because if you fight to establish the kingdom of God, you always win. Every time. Every time. Every time. It's not like maybe it will. As long as you're willing to keep fighting until it's established, you can't weaken. You can't weaken. That's, I mean, can you tell that I was raised with brothers and I had sons? It's like, can't weaken. <laughs> you can't let your brother think he's getting to you. You just go, oh. <laughs> and then you get in a fight and he punches you in the eye. <laughs> Should have weakened right at that moment. But anyway, so you can't weaken. You have to say, no, not till it changes. Not till it lines up. Not till it looks like the kingdom of God. Then on I go to where else I'm going to establish it. And I keep my momentum going. Because once your momentum's going, you're like, okay, bring it, sucker. It's like, now I'm on. Now I'm like, because I've seen God doing it, his power trumping all this stuff. Right? Okay. I believe I'm getting a little too. Okay. But it did say, what is it? What is extravagant? Says irregular, wild, not within ordinary limits. See, we're not going to stay within ordinary limits when we're establishing the kingdom of God. We don't stay within ordinary limits. Who wants to be ordinary? No one. Ask Pastor Jerry what he thinks about ordinary. (laughs) So this is what I'm going to leave you with is this, is that, um, and I'm just going to look this up on my phone because it was a last-minute verse, and it's, I'm going to, again, read it to you in the Passion Translation. But John 10.10 says, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come, God has come, to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Till you overflow. Till you overflow. It's like, so do you see those are that's a definition of the two kingdoms. Kill, steal, and destroy, apparently slaughter, <laughs> and life to overflow. Because overflow goes to anyone around you, right? When you are overflowing, people go, Exactly. I want to be with you. Apparently you got something going on, right? Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, 
head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.